Are you ready to get into the word? Spirit of the living God, we welcome you. You are such a brilliant teacher. You are everything. Today we have not just come to hear principles. We have not just come, we have not gathered around a man. We have gathered here today because we are hungry to hear from you alone. If you speak to us, we know that we will hear. Spirit of the living God, I thank you that I am anointed to teach your word and preach your word with simplicity and with understanding. And I thank you that these, your precious people, are equally anointed with an anointing of understanding and courage, not only to hear your word, but also to do your word. Because we understand that wisdom is the principal thing. So in everything that we are getting, we choose to get wisdom. And as we get wisdom, we also get understanding. It is in Jesus' name we pray and the church said... Amen. The book of Joshua chapter 17. I'm going to continue to speak to you about what I started to speak to you about last week. I realized that as I began to dig into this message last week and this week, I realized that I was probably a little bit ambitious in trying to cover all of these things in maybe one or two goes. So I, I think I'm just going to do two more of these um, and then we'll, we will finish it off next week. It's turning out to be a three-part series. Um, because of how deeply I really feel that um, we have a responsibility. I said this last week, and I think it bears repeating. Um, if you want to know how I come to God, I, I, I understand that many of you are people who are learned in the Word. Many of you are not novices. You know the Word of God. Um, and so I don't necessarily bring the Word of God, uh, or just bring principles of the Scripture to you, I, I am really seeking God to find out what is God saying right now. Because, because it's, it is one thing to understand the principle or the theory of how God operates and know how to pray and know how to operate in faith and know how to know what different things mean when Scripture says, says what it says. But it is one thing to understand what the Spirit of God is saying to the church right now. And where we ought to be as the church is to be people who don't only know, uh, know the scripture, but we know what God is saying from the scripture right now. Because that is where the power is. If we find, if we hear God's voice, then you know, we understand what he's working on right now. We will be best placed to flow with him and see his goodness in our lives. And so this is where all of this is being born from or birthed from. It is, it is knowing that I truly believe that you are in a season of transition. Amen. Amen. I, I'll say it again. I believe that God is taking you from this level to the next. As, as, as we saw last week, some of you have been frustrated on this level. And the reason is you have outgrown your current post. And God is looking to elevate you and take you to somewhere else. It is a new season. It is a new day. It is time to become greater. It is not because where you are necessary for some of you. Where you are is great. It's a testimony. You have been testifying about that. But this is not the level that God wants to leave you on. Let me say to us as a church, God has been so faithful to us. He has been keeping us. But more than ever before, I am persuaded that God is ready to take you to the next level. I can smell it in the air. The Bible, amen. 
learn, the scripture say, talk, talks about how at the scent of water, the wood will bud. In other words, when you, you can smell nourishment, you can smell growth, which is what the water is, a representation of the nourishment, the word of God. I sense God doing something phenomenal in our time with us, and it is our responsibility to position ourselves to become greater. Amen? And, and, and so we are digging into these things and, and looking about looking at these things because the beauty about being a human being is that you can become. The beauty about being human is that you can become. If you don't like where you are right now, you can become something else. You don't have to stay stuck as what you are. You can meet me on this level that you have met me in today, but it will be a huge mistake to think that because you knew me on this level, you know all that there is to know about me. I am like the wind. I am changing every day because I am designed to become more. Come on now. I am designed to become more. Some of you are, some people are defining you by what they knew about you yesterday. But the reality is your nose still looks the same. Your eyelashes are still, hello, sorry, your eyes are still the same. <laughs> sorry, I, 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 did I go there? <laughs> I was about to say your eyelashes are the same, but probably not. But anyway, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Certain things are still the same, but you are being transformed and you are being changed. You are being, you are designed, God designed you to become better, to become greater. You are designed to purposefully evolve. Amen? When you walk with God, he makes you righteous by his power. He makes you accepted. He makes you more than a conqueror. All by his grace, but look what he then does. He leaves you with his grace to enable you to become what he made you. Did you get that? He makes you righteous. He makes you justified. He makes you seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He makes you more than a conqueror by his grace. And then he leaves you his grace to teach you to say no to, un to, to ungodliness because he has made you a godly person by his grace. And then he leaves you with his grace to teach, help you become the godly person that you are. He makes you great. Because you are already great in Christ Jesus. There is nothing that you are going to do now to be great. You are already great because of what Christ Jesus has done for you. But what he then does is he leaves us with his grace to enable us become what we already are. Did you get that? Someone say, I am becoming what I already am. Amen. So he helps us, he enables us to become, to walk, manifest the glory that he has given to us. If you can hear me today, you need to understand that the blood of Jesus has purchased so much more for you. There is more. The cry of my heart is that we will experience more. Whatever you have seen of God is not all that there is. I know you have seen amazing things of God, but there are deeper levels to go with. Do not settle for where you are because there is more. I said there is more. There is more. There is more. There is more. Listen to me. There is more. There is, listen at the back. There is more. Hey, over there. There is so much more. Sound team. There is more. Help me tell your neighbor. There is more. There is more. 
And so whilst we are grateful for what God has done, God forbid that we camp here for the rest of our lives. We saw from Deuteronomy chapter 1 how God said, you have been around this Horeb for so long. Horeb in one way was a testimony that God had brought them out of Egypt. But there comes a time when you outgrow this testimony. Amen. Not because it, it is no longer a testimony of the goodness of God, but the God you serve is not dead. He's still doing stuff. So there is more. And I believe that you are on the cusp of more. Amen. You are, you are ready for more. Someone say, I'm ready for more. I want to experience, oh man, I am crying out for more in my heart. I, wanna, I, want to, I want to go deeper in his word. I want to experience him more. I want to experience his presence more. There is more of his presence than we have experienced. There are levels and graces and depths of, of, his, of, of who he is that we are yet to plunge. And so I want you to stay hungry because there is more. I said there is more. In Joshua chapter 17, Joshua spoke to the house, verse 17, and Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, you are a great people, and you have great power. Someone say, that's me. Put your right hand up. Say, I am a great person, and I have a great power. Say it again. I am a, I am a great person, and I have great power. And he says to them, you shall not only have one lot. Amen. The people here came to Joshua because they figured out that the land that they had been allotted by the grace of God, God gave them that land. The land that God had given them was too small for them. May this be the season where you realize that this house that God blessed you with is too small for you. May this be that season where you realize that the grace of God, the ability, the gift that he has given you, that when you compare it to all that there is, you realize that it's too small for you. And, and they, they realize that it's too small for them. And so, and so they, they go to Joshua saying, this land is too small for us. So many of you in here are great people in small lots. Amen. Great people in lots that are too small for you. It is your season to break out of that boundary. For the sake of the king, for what he has purchased for you, for what needs to be done in the kingdom, it is so important that you do not camp where you currently are. There is more. Amen. And so I've come to speak to David, who is a king in the cave. And say to David, David, I know that in this cave you are safe from the assaults of Saul who is trying to kill you. But please understand that in spite of the safety that you are grateful to God for, there is more. There is a whole kingdom for you to rule. There is more. You are not a caveman because you find yourself in a cave. There is more. Someone say there is more. Verse 16 then says, he said, in verse 17, he says, you shall not only have one lot. It's amazing how when you go and ask Jesus, he, would, he will confirm to you. I wonder what would have happened if these guys, Joshua is the type of Jesus, by the way. I wonder if, what, what would have happened if these guys were in the small lot and they just started fighting one another. And, and they never went to Jesus to say, God, thank you for what you're giving me, but it's too small for me. Amen. <laughs> I wonder what would have happened. And they go to Jesus and Jesus, Joshua says to them, yeah, it is too small for you. You will not only have this lot, 
but you will have the mountain country shall be yours. Amen. Amen. Come on, come on, lift your hands. Say there is more. You see, you, see you, you get where I'm coming from. It's not that we're not grateful for what God has done here. It's not that we're not grateful for how far he has led us, for the victories that he has won. But if you go to Jesus Christ and you, you, you speak to him and you consider what he has done, you will find that as great as where you are is, there is a wooded country for you to get a hold of. There is a mountain place for you to get a hold of. There is more. And Joshua says, although it is wooded, you shall cut it down, and, the, and its farthest extent shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have, uh, they have iron chariots and they are strong. You are great. I came to let you know you are great this morning. You have power. You shall not only have one lot. You will not only be in this place where you are having a great job. God is raising some of you to employ other people. You will not only be in a place where you have access to this industry. God is raising some of you up to be game changers in that industry. You have ideas that God is going to feed and funnel. I am speaking to the wildest dreamer inside here today. I am speaking to your wildest dream. I am not camping around the little waters of your life. I am going to that place where when you begin to dream about or think about the possibility of this, all of your ancestors start to pull you back because they've never been here. Today, I'm going to give you the audacity to defy your ancestors. There is more. You are great. Amen. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 talks about how if you come to me, I will show you hidden things that you do not know. There are things, I say to the Lord, Lord, there are things I don't know. Show me, Lord. There is more. Psalm 66 verse 12 says, you have caused men to ride over our heads. Some of you feel this way. I thought I'd insert this scripture here for you. You have caused men to ride even over our heads. You have gone through the fire. You have been through the water. But the Lord has brought you out. Hallelujah. Anybody come out of some fiery furnace? Would you give God praise this morning? If God has brought you through the fire, if he has brought you through, come on, somebody, don't act cute this morning. Had it not been for the Lord, then you know this fire would have consumed me. You know that this depression would have caused you to take your own life. But the Lord preserved your life. Don't act cute here this morning. God has brought you through the water brought you through the water, but he's not just stopping and bringing you out. The King James Version says he brought it, the New King James says he brought us out into rich fulfillment. The King James Version says a wealthy place. So, so we're not just going to celebrate not dying from depression. We're not going to celebrate just being able to pay my rent. The Lord is not just bringing you out. He is bringing you into. He brought you out to bring you into. Listen, there is more. If I speak to one giant in here today, I've done my job. There is more. There is more. And so, and so, and so we, we started to look at, look at what it takes because Joshua said to them, he said to them, the land is wooded, so you're going to have to cut it down. You're going to have to drive out some Canaanites because even though you are great, there is a process to becoming what you already are. Does that make sense? Even though you are great, there is a process 
and, and we are not going to be those church folk who, who settle for the warm feelings, who stand outside the land that has been allotted to you, and you settle for the warm feeling of hearing that you are great, and you will not only have one lot, but you will have the mountain country also. We're not going to settle. We're going to be those people who will go in and cut down the trees. We will drive out the Canaanites from your, from your possession, and you will possess your possessions. I said, amen, you are not going to set, you, I refuse for you to be a believer who is just joyful about, about what God has done in you. No, you, you, you will believe it enough to cut down the trees and drive out the Canaanites from your land. Amen. And so we looked at this last week. We, we, we started to look at what it takes to become greater. Uh, number one, we said you've got to become dissatisfied. Become to become greater, you've got to become dissatisfied with where you are. Number two, we said you need to become broken. And I'm not even going to attempt a recap because I've been preaching this message to myself. If I dip my toe into this again, we are not coming out of this place. So we have to move on to the next thing. What we'll make sure that we do is, is make that message available on the podcast so you can listen to it. But I really, really, really recommend, in fact, I believe there is, there is a reason why we talked about what we talked about last week, because it, although what we're going to talk about will bless you, I believe if you get a hold of where we, what we were talking about last week, if everything we're going to talk about now will have more depth and more meaning, and you will see what the Lord is saying. Amen? So, so I'm not going to recap. I'm just going to keep going. So we've talked about in order to become greater, become dissatisfied, become broken. Number three, which I want to look at today, become exposed. Everyone say exposed. exposed. I want to talk to you about exposure in two different ways. The first is exposure in the sense of exposure to new ideas. And the second is exposure which involves risk and vulnerability. In order to become greater, you have got to become exposed. It is impossible to become greater than the boundaries that you have been exposed to. Let me put it a different way. It is impossible to become greater than the boundaries that are in your mind. If your mind is not exposed to new horizons, you will never become greater than your current level. You cannot be greater than what you are exposed to. What are you exposed to? Romans chapter 12 famous scripture that we know, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then he goes on and he says, and do not be conformed to this world. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, this is how you are transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Notice what Paul is saying. He says you can be conformed to this world if nothing changes in your mind. Okay? You can be conformed. In other words, to be conformed is to take the shape of something. You will take the shape of what you see around you, your current circumstances. You will take the shape of what you are currently looking at and stay in that shape until there is a renovation of your mind. In order, or let me put it a different way. You will, not, you will never leave this level. Amen? 
Whatever level it is, good, bad, indifferent, however you feel about this level, you will never leave this level until something changes in your mind. Amen. You are, you are trapped in this level by the boundaries of your mind. Nothing will change until, until there is a transformation, a renovation of your mind. And you will stay there until, you know, you know that's what that, trans that word transformation or renew, sorry, means. It's literally talking about a renovation. Like you will renovate a building, pull down a wall, erect a new one. A renovation of your mind. If you are going to go to the next level, you have got to renew your mind. Expose your mind to new ideas. All of which, are, you know, you, you, we can be in a place where you, you can pray about your situation. You can fast about your situation. You can put a praise on your situation. <laughs> Amen. You can do whatever you want to do on your situation. But if your mind is not changed, all of these things are good. But your prayer, you're putting a praise on it. Your whatever religious thing you want, your fasting. If those things do not facilitate a change in your mind, you will be a bound. You will stay on this level with this level of tongues, this level, whatever it is. You will stay there until your mind changes. And sometimes what God does in his goodness is by, by way of a miracle, he propels you into new arenas. And he propels you with the idea that when you see something new, your mind will change. But what happens oftentimes, like the children of Israel, he, he delivers them with a mighty hand. They have come out of Egypt, but their mind is still Egyptian. And so even though they're in Egypt, their mind is dragging, they are, they are free from Egypt. Their minds are dragging them back. Until you change your mind, you're not going anywhere. Amen? Some of us are trapped in certain aspects of our lives because, because your mind, which was supposed to be your servant, has become your master. Listen, listen. Have I, have I mentioned that I'm your friend? Okay, have I mentioned that I'm your friend? I just realized recently the Lord really picked me up on this, that I've got to pull you up higher. And in order to pull you up higher, I've got to offend you just a little bit. Because, because in order to be... To be pulled up higher, go ask your gym instructor how he got you ripped. He had to offend you. They had, amen. And so stay with me because you're going up higher. Amen. So, so you, you, are, you are trapped in certain aspects. I am trapped in certain aspects of my life, of our lives, because our minds, which are supposed to be a tool for us, we are supposed to be the masters of our minds, but it is very easy for your mind to become your master. And so when your mind doesn't like something, you just pull back. Amen? So just because your mind struggles with a certain concept, you reject the idea and settle for one that you are more comfortable with. But the reality is that you needed a new idea, a new way of thinking to go to the next level. Amen? Many people are stuck in one level of operation because they are not willing to allow their minds, let me say it this way, to be assaulted by new ideas. Amen. Because we are, we, we're not willing to allow our minds to be assaulted by transformational ideas. You know what I realize? I realize, let me put it this way, watch what offends you. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you a true story about my life? I believe 
the most people who offend me are people who God has called to me. Most of my best friends who pull me up, who challenge me, I didn't like them at first. You know it's true. Because when I saw, they were talking so much truth, I forgot. You know how we get offended. You put the truth aside. Say, why are they wearing that? Why, why is he not wearing a jacket today? You're, you're putting, you're putting the, the truth that I'm bringing you aside and discussing my, 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 my white feet or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, whatever it is that we get offended. We get offended at all kinds of things. Because the truth is offensive. In fact, that's the nature of the gospel. The nature of the gospel is that it is offensive. And in fact, the way that the enemy keeps the world from this amazing truth of the gospel is by blinding their minds, and he blinds our minds by keeping you offended by the truth. So what I have learned to do is that if I am offended by somebody, I've realized don't walk away too quickly. Wait and see, why are they really offending you? And I've found most of the time they have something for me that I didn't like at first. But I need it for my next level. I don't know why you're clapping. You're making me clap now. <laughs> Amen. You thank me when you get to the next level. <laughs> Amen. Every time, every time that you are offended by the truth, your mind has just been assaulted by a transformational idea. Amen. In fact, the, the enemy keeps you from the transformational idea of the gospel by blinding your mind. By refusing, and that's what the gospel is so offensive. The gospel says you are nothing, you need Jesus. That, that it just really takes you, it, it, it takes work to accept that. Is this helping somebody today? Yeah. God showed up to Abraham, and Abraham was there trapped, trapped in one level, um, uh, trapped by what's going on in his tent, talking about Eliezer will be my heir. God had to bring him outside and make him count the stars. Do you know what kind of assault on your mind that is when you come out and say, okay, God says count the stars. And you kind of look at it, stop him, I'll stop him. No, I'll stop. I'll. You, your mind doesn't know. Where do you begin to count the stars? It's like saying somebody brings you an elephant. Where do I start to eat the elephant from? <laughs> it's the same dilemma. You have, something happens to your mind and God had to bring him out of Abraham's tent and bring Abraham out of Abraham's tent and put him under the tent of God so that he can see the stars and see the thing that you are considering is I, I, I am bringing you an idea that is way bigger than you can conceive in your tent. Amen? I am bringing you an idea that is bigger than where you are. What are you exposed to? It is only until Abraham accepted the idea that he would be father of nations, children as multitude as the sand on the seashore and the stars of the sky. It was only until he allowed his mind to be assaulted by that. I'm using those words on purpose so that, you know, because I don't want us to use, sometimes I think that our challenge in church is that we are so used to some religious phrases that we, we, we miss what God is trying to say. Uh, and, so, and so Abraham allows his mind to be assaulted by the idea that he will have children as multitude as the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. Only until then was he able to step onto the next level. Amen. 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 Are you ready? At some point in your journey of life, you're going to need to allow your mind to experience different. 
Somebody said this, and I think it's profound. It says, you are born looking like your parents, but you will die looking like your decisions. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> just let that marinate. Just, just let that get into your bones. You are born looking like your parents. Let me add it this way. You are born looking like your parents, but you will be born looking like the decisions you make to allow certain ideas to come into your mind. Amen? The most in important ingredient for your exposure is not your money or even your body. The most important ingredient is your mind. It is your mind. You might not have the money to buy anything uh, anything, you know, uh, to drive that kind of car or to go to that kind of place or to access that kind of place. But your mind can go. Google is free. You, you can allow your mind to see certain things. Amen. What are you exposing? Are you just exposing yourself to your cousin's sickness? And your, 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 your cousin is keeping you small. Thank God for them, but you can't stay there. What are you exposing your mind to? Expose your mind. Every limitation that you are experiencing, hear me carefully. Every limitation that you are experiencing so far is a problem of exposure. Expose your mind. Expose your mind to the word. The word of God is incorruptible seed. Expose your mind to the word. Read a book. Amen. Read a book. Watch something that is in Love Island. <laughs> there are many ways to learn. Listen to a book. Just, <laughs> do something. Expose your mind. Listen, I know we're laughing about this. But if you don't do this, next year you'll still be here. Expose. We've got to expose our minds. To things now, we are people of God, and you know where we started from last week, brokenness and being humble before God. The reason that is so important for what we're looking at is that when you are broken and humble before God, he will lead you to what it is that you need to expose your mind to. He will guide you and show you, no, you don't want to be listening to that. You want to open, I don't, I'm not talking about an open-mindedness. As someone once says, you know, you're some, some people's minds are so open, your brain is falling out. You're not thinking anymore. That's not how we want to. We want to open our minds to the place where we are accepting the word of God. The word of God it primarily is, 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 is transforming us. He's is speaking to us. Our mind is exposed to the Holy Ghost. Your next level will first happen in your mind before it happens in your life. If your mind does not go there, your body will never go there. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can think according to the power that is at work within us. One other translation says, think and imagine all stuff that we do with our mind. One of the best ways to partner with God is to, is to align your imagination with his word. Practice a mind that imagines the reality of what God described in his word. Expose your mind to the word. When the word says, great shall be the peace of your children, imagine your children in peace. Actively. Amen? Actively. He supplies the ability to do 
all that you have imagined. In Genesis chapter 11, are you with me? I'm running through these scriptures. Please make a note of them. Um, it's not necessarily Bible study today. I've got stuff to just deposit in your heart because you've got places to go. Amen. You've got, you, are, you are great. I see greatness in you. What God, has, God will not gather you here if there wasn't greatness on the inside of you. Amen. I'm telling you because God has called us to raise servant kings. He's called us to raise people of influence. Amen. And I believe that God ordered your step. However you came here, thank God for the person who invited you. But the reality is God knew that you needed to be here. And I'm going to talk like an oracle of God this morning. Amen. He can do exceedingly. In Genesis 11, in Genesis 11 verse 6, it says, And the Lord said, this is at the, at the Tower of Babel, and this is what the Lord said. I, I love how the King James Version put it. He says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. The reason that we can see such atrocities like we see, even, even yesterday in Texas and people just being mowed down with machine guns, is somebody is imagining it. Somebody imagined it. The person who designed the gun in the first place, they imagined it. And now someone is executed because nothing will be restrained. Amen. You know, you were praying that you wouldn't go down and, and go to that person. You know that person you're trying to avoid, hello, single person. Um, maybe some of you even married folk, we're praying for you too. You know, that person you were trying to avoid, you, 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 you were praying, Lord, deliver me from them. But, but whilst you were speaking the prayer, you were imagining what will happen when you go there. And so after the prayer, you still went. Because nothing will be restrained from you if you keep imagining it. Your that's why the enemy is after your imagination. That is why everywhere you turn, amen, have you seen, have you seen, you know, some of you say, I'm just, I'm just window shopping. No, <laughs> I don't believe that there is a thing called window shopping. It is a lie. You are shopping. <laughs> amen. You walk past that window. <laughs> the brothers are clapping loudly. Okay, I'll just leave that alone. You walk past that window and you say, no, I don't have money. I, I, I'm, going to be, I'm going to manage my budget this week. But I'm, and so I'm just, going to, I'm just going to smell and look at the dress. And you have just bought the dress. It's just a matter of time before you pay for it. In fact, even the companies know this so much that, that if you go on a website and just kind of, you're just looking, they start following you everywhere. You go on Facebook, you see the same shoes. You go on Instagram, the same shoes. You, they know, what are they doing? They're feeding your imagination because it won't be long before, click. Amen. Nothing will be restrained. Some of you have been there this week. Your budget blown like that because the shoes were following you everywhere. <laughs> I'm convinced that they listen to your phone calls as well. I'm convinced that these things, because some conversations I have before I know it, you know, it's coming up on my screen. I, I'm convinced that they're watching me shave my hair, because just after I finish shaving my hair, I come up and I start seeing ads for, for hair replacement. The Lord, <laughs> behave yourself. <laughs> and the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. <laughs> One day you all are going to come in here, man, see me with full hair. <laughs> I'll say, look what the Lord has done. <laughs> 
because I've been imagining some stuff. <laughs> Amen. What are you exposed to? This is important. What are you exposed to? Uh, uh, please don't stay in your small level. Stop going to the same restaurants. And then stop going. I know, I know they charge you. You know, the beauty about the internet now is that you can, you, can, you can check what they charge before you go. You can look at the menu before you go. So if, 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 the, if the food is more expensive, just go drink water. Just say, can I just have water? Amen. And, and, and learn, to <laughs> learn to pay for stuff beyond your current level. Every now and again. Ex um, let me leave you alone. Are you with me so far? <laughs> Expand your mind. Say, dear neighbor, neighbor. Expose your mind. The other kind of exposure, I'm going to move on from that. The other kind of exposure, which I want to talk to you about, is to do with risk. Is to, is to do with exposure in terms of risk. Some of us are too safe to go to the next level. You're too safe. You're too safe here. There is nothing that you don't know how it works where you are. I'll say that again because you some of you are saying, what's the problem with that? That is the problem with that. There ought to be some things in your life where right now, I don't know how this is going to turn out. You're too safe to be great. Amen? It shouldn't be the case that there isn't any area in your life where you're not saying, God, if you don't come through. It ought to be the case that there is an area in your life where you're saying, you know, you, you know God, it is you that I am looking for. It is you that I am looking to. If you don't come through, I have nothing else. It is you. It is, it is not right that you can explain everything in your life and how it's going to work out. You are not exposed enough to go to the next level. Now, we will talk about competency uh, uh, later on because there is a level in which it is good that you know how to work where you are. I'm not talking about being always being in a crisis. Amen. The, the Lord delivered you from debt 10 years ago. You're back in debt now. And back again next year. No, that is a different thing. You're trying to solve a problem with your, with your, with your health in the same way, in the, with the same mind that you got into it. Does that make sense? So I'm not, I, I'm not talking about kind of when we say um, expose yourself or, or be in that place. I'm not talking about that kind of mindless, careless behavior where you, you write a check that you don't have the money in your account and say, I'm free for it. You better be, you're going to jail. You better stop that nonsense. This is stealing. <laughs> Amen. Don't go get, don't go write a check. And uh, one th I, I, I'm going to pay my invoices with this check. I believe. That, uh, did the Lord say, number one, number two, if that check bounces, what's going to happen? Think about it. So that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying it is important that every single one of us is exposing ourselves to the, particularly to the possibilities that are seen in the word. Many of us like declaring the word, but you are not exposing yourself enough to prove that the word is true. You're in a safe place. Amen. Will you, will you just keep ticking over in this job, or will you risk posturing yourself to being a captain in this industry? Will you, will you, will you, will you just tick, keep ticking over in this relationship? Oh, because you're not willing to allow yourself to expose yourself to be loved. So every time it gets a little bit serious, I have commitment issues. No, you have issues. <laughs> you're not exposing yourself to love. I'm, amen. Praise God. What are you exposing yourself to? Are you, are you willing 
to expose yourself to be loved. Uh, you want a relationship without risk. You want real love. Lord, send me real love. Somebody who will love me for who I am. But they show up and your walls are up. You want them to love you there. Love you where I want you to love me. <laughs> Expose yourself. It's a new level. Are you with me so far? I'm going to trust that the Holy Ghost will explain what that means. And if you have any questions, come and speak to me afterwards. Amen? Because, because God wants to, wants to release, he, release you onto a new level. But until you can be like Abraham, um, and, and, and Abraham, you have, to not, you have to, based on the word of God, decide, you know what? I might have lived here all my life, but if the Lord says go, I'm going to expose myself to the risk that comes with obeying the word of God. Amen? Do you see where, where, where the risk comes in? It's where you say, you know, it's where the Lord said, I've made you head and shoulders above your peers. How about you expose yourself to going into that company and believing that God will raise me up to influence policy here? It's exposure. It's exposing. Some, sometimes the reason we don't do that is because we are, can I be honest with you? Some of us have done it before and we fell flat on our face. Just, just me and Helen and Felice, uh, anybody come up there. Some of us, so, and, and that's the problem. The enemy will now convince you, don't try again. Just say, I'm, and I've come to tell you, you know, let's go again. Amen? Let's expose ourselves again. You loved somebody and they took advantage of you. Listen, it would never have been wrong for you to have loved. Because, because that hurt can keep you in this level. Amen? So it would all, I said to somebody who, who was believing, believing God for something, and they've been operating in faith and believing God, and it looks like the more they've been in faith, it felt like nothing was happening. I told, I told them, listen, you need to understand that all of your faith was not wasted. None of, there is nobody who, if there, there would never be a time where you do something that honors God. There will be seasons where it looks like it hasn't yielded results. But the reality is everything you do unto God will always count. So even if I loved you and you took advantage of my love, I was still right to have loved you. And my loving of you will count for my greatness next time. So what I don't want to do is to discount my ability to love when the opportunity arises because I got hurt last time. No, 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 no. I will not be taking a fool off continually. The Lord will not allow this affliction to arise a second time. But my job is to love. Did you get that? Expose yourself. Expose yourself to forgive people who haven't apologized. Amen. Forgive people who think you were wrong. Just, 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 you know, you have, we're talking about imagination. Just imagine yourself sitting in a room. Imagine them saying, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and just receive that. Say, okay. If it helps, just do, <laughs> do something. It is your freedom we're talking about here. Amen. Someone say, expose yourself. That sounds dodgy, but you know, you have to be here. <laughs> You have to be <laughs> One of the things that Paul prays for us in Ephesians 1.8, make a note of Ephesians 1.8, is that, is that we may know the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. And sometimes we don't want to take a risk again because you fell on your face. But be like, be like Samson. You know Samson, he takes a risk, he falls on his face, he fails God woefully. But the opportunity came, his eyes are out, and they made the mistake. 
to put him between those two pillars again. And the scripture says Samson called out to God one more time and he pushed. And in that one incident of trying again, he defeated the enemy in one move that he had did in all of his life. Greatness awaits you as you expose yourself to the word of God again. Amen? Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Expose yourself to the word of God. <laughs> Let's add to the word of God on there before, before we get... Okay, the next one. Are you with me so far? I'm going to leave it. I could, I could keep talking about that, but I hope you have something to think about in, in those two. The next one, number three. So we're talking about key to becoming greater. We, number, number, number one, we said become dissatisfied. Number two, we said become broken. Number three, we said become exposed. Number four, I am saying become creative. Okay? Creative. Everyone say creative. I think that one of the lies that many people have embraced, particularly in our age, is the idea that you are not creative. It is a lie. That, that creativity is reserved for people who wear funny clothes. Amen? Creativity is reserved for people who, who are exotic. Creativity is reserved for people who can draw, or people who can sing, or people who can... Who can uh, no, no, no. We, we, it, it, that is a lie that is keeping you stuck on this level. Here is the definition of creativity that I came across. Is this helping somebody this morning? Thank you for letting me know. Here, I, I like to know. I like to know. He said, here is the definition of creativity that I came across. Creativity is the art of transforming your ideas, your imaginations, and your dreams into reality. Okay? Creativity is the art of transforming your ideas your imaginations, and your dreams into reality. Creativity is the ability to perceive the world in fresh ways, in new ways. It is finding new patterns and making connections between things that don't seem to have a connection. Creativity is not just the ability to sing or to dance, and for church folk, <laughs> When we have a creative department, all you think about is people with flags. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All we have is people who can wave flags. Oh, one day I went to this church, my small church. It wasn't huge. I went to this church, and the flag was big. I'm standing in the front, I can't even worship because I'm not sure if, if this person knows what they're, they're going to take my eye out. And we, we, we think that is creativity. What problem are you solving? Now, now I, I, there, is, there is a whole theology behind flags and all of those things, things what it represents. I'm not putting the use of those things down. But what I'm trying to say is to, re is to, to define creativity, particularly in the church, by our wonderful dances that we do and praise God for our dance things. But that is not, that is just one little aspect of creativity. Creativity is the, the ability to solve problems with new ideas. Look at what the scripture says. It is the art of, 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 of transforming your ideas into reality. Look at, look at Proverbs chapter 8. Verse 12 talks about wisdom. In fact, the whole book of Proverbs 8 is talking about wisdom. But check out what, the link between wisdom and creativity. He says, he says I wisdom dwell with prudence. And I find out knowledge of witty inventions. That's what the, the, the King James Version says. 
He says, witty inventions. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. He says, God has united you with Christ for our benefit. Someone say, for my benefit. I'm reading from a New Living Translation now. Okay, First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. God has united you with Christ for our benefit. God made him. For our benefit, God made Christ to become wisdom itself. Why did God make Christ to become wisdom? For my benefit. Did you hear that? God made Christ to become wisdom so that you and I can benefit. Wisdom is the ability to utilize knowledge in a particular combination in order to produce a particular result. Creativity is wisdom in practice. Creativity is wisdom in practice. I, I like to use, use this analogy because I think it's a, it's a strong analogy. Um, knowledge is knowing that water is made up of hey, is H2O, one atom of two atoms of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen. That's knowledge. But wisdom, or, or let me put it a different way, sorry. Knowledge is knowing that water is made up of hydrogen and oxygen. Wisdom is knowing that if you want to get water, you need two atoms of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen to get water. Because if you just make the mistake to put two atoms of hydrogen and two atoms of hydrogen of, 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 of oxygen, suddenly what you have is hydrogen peroxide. And the whole world could be covered with hydrogen peroxide instead of H2O if God did not lay the foundations of the earth with wisdom. Because creativity is wisdom in action. It is the ability a creative person will use what we all know and combine it. They will take the same T-shirt that you bought from Primark, the same jeans that you bought from New Look, but when they put it together, they smash it. Because what they've done is combine what we all know in a particular way. That is what creativity is. And Christ has been given as wisdom for us. This is why I refuse for you to say I am not creative. Not when you have Christ, who is the agent of creativity. Someone say, I am creative. Come on, say it again. I am creative. When was the last time you asked for wisdom? I have found that as Christians, we can spend time asking God to do something that he wants us to do with the wisdom that he gave us. Amen? How many times have you wanted God to take care of this situation? when in fact he wants you to use the wisdom that you have in Christ to take care of the situation. Are you with me so far? When was the last time you asked for wisdom? It's like, it's like being in a place where you have a car in your house, and you're saying, God, would you take me to work? Father, you are the God who took Philip from this place. You transported Philip. And you took him supernaturally to a different place. And the Lord said, yeah, I, I did that for Philip because he didn't have a car. I, I, I bless you. 
I blessed you with a car. You don't need to go to work that quickly. Just get in your car. That's what we did. So sometimes we're crying, God, deliver me from this issue in this marriage. And some of you need to leave demons alone and go and get wisdom because you are casting the demons out but not getting wisdom. So every time you cast the demons out, you still don't have the wisdom to be free from where you are. So guess what happens? The demons just find their way back in. Amen. Studying demonology instead of being in a place where you are before God. God, give me wisdom to know what to do. Are you with me so far? I believe that there are demons. I believe in demonic activity. I believe in all, but I don't believe in them more than I believe in the ability of our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that his wisdom will outpass. There are some things I no longer pray about because the wisdom of God. See, I never pray about the demon operating in somebody that is offending me. I start because I have the wisdom to walk in love. I never need to bind a demon of offense with another person because all I need to do is I walk in love with them. That demon has to flee. It's wisdom. Are you with me so far? Wisdom. When was the last time you asked for wisdom? Are you with me? You don't like your job. Create one that you like. Amen. You don't like your relationship having this kind of vibe. Change the, 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 the don't, don't go into your room and praying that God will take away the spirit of meanness. No, inject kindness. Every spirit of meanness, I rebuke. Praise God. After doing that, you then go back to see if the demon has left with your, with your face still strong and you just cast out the devil and yourself brought it back with your ugly face and put it in there again. And now, just the whole cycle. No, after praying that, go back and smile. I know we've not resolved this situation, but what would you like to have for dinner tonight, my darling? Amen. Offer them, you know, don't worry about it. We'll talk about that another time. Let me make you a cup of tea. I told you about my wife, you know, when we got married and we're in the middle of this argument. And I'm thinking, my God, this is serious. She, she hates me. And, you know, how are we going to resolve this thing? How am I going to show her that I am right? Now, you know, and, and, I'm, I'm where, and in the middle of this conversation, she just says, you know, would you like a cup of tea? I'm like, what? What's going on here? This is new. Amen. Is she trying to poison me? Where is the, where is the, where is the, where is the marriage manual? What do you do? <laughs> but what I realize is that, is that she believed that our love was stronger than any argument. Amen. Because kindness, kindness injected into that kind of heat. The Bible talks about how a soft answer turns away wrath. That's creativity right there. Creativity is the ability to solve a problem. Is the ability to apply wisdom to solving a problem. Uh, uh, put the demons down. Pick Jesus up. Pick the word up. Get some wisdom. James put it this way. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. And God will give you liberally. Go before God. You know, we talked about brokenness last week, which is the humility to understand that everything that you need is in his hands. Go before God like a fool if you have anything to boast about. You don't have anything to boast about before God. Go before God and say, God, I need wisdom for this boy. I've quoted all the scriptures I know. I'm speaking all the scriptures I know, but I still don't know exactly what to do. Help me. He will give you wisdom. Amen? Amen. 
This is the season where God will set you apart by the level of creativity that he releases into your life. Someone say amen. amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Let me tell you the truth. We will not, we will continue to be, the church will continue to be people who are taken on seriously by the world and behind the curve if we do not engage our creative abilities. If the church does not engage our creative ability, the devil does not mind you falling out at church. He does not mind you shouting hallelujah at church. He doesn't mind how you shouted, the tone in which you shouted, as long as you are not creating anything that challenges his systems of operating on the earth. Engage your creativity. That's why the Holy Ghost is in you. He is the first expression of God in creation. And he expressed himself as a creative God. You are creative. Someone say, I am creative. Every problem you have is not coming to you. Stop seeing problems as your problems. Amen? Let me, let me say it this way. Do not outsource all your problems. I'm pausing for a sec. You're not, you're not getting what I'm saying. Don't outsource all your problems. Please outsource some of your problems, but some of your problems were for you to solve. Amen. Amen. Engage the word of God. Engage our Lord Jesus Christ for wisdom to solve your problem. Engage the spirit of God who is responsible for showing you new patterns. He is responsible for giving you wisdom. Creativity is solving problems. You will never be greater than the level of problems that you entertain. Amen? If you keep seeing problems as the problem and, 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 and problems as the hindrance to your greatness, then you're going to stay small. You don't have a problem of problems. You have a problem of creativity. You're going to need to get the CD to hear that again. Amen? Amen? So stop always looking to outsource your problems. Stop looking for somebody to carry your issues. God allowed this one to come your way because, because he wants to make you greater. Amen? Some of the challenges you have faced, I couldn't, I couldn't face them because I'm not, I, I, the, the level of greatness God wants to produce in you is different from what he wants to produce in me. And so I can't carry your problems. Amen? In fact, one of the things I've learned to do in pastoring is when I speak to anyone in counseling, I, I never really get into the details, particularly say if I'm speaking to married couples or, or people who are say who about any, I don't get into the detail of who said what. All I start to do is to deal Deal with the wisdom that you, because if you get the wisdom, you will know what to do about the situation. Amen? See, whoever solves your problem will exercise dominion over you. Amen. Whoever continually is the one who solves your problem of communication will, will be the one who exercises dominion over you. <laughs> But, you know, until you start to, you know, let me, Joseph, Joseph was a slave in prison, a slave bound in prison. But until he solved, he solved the problem of Egypt. And the moment he solves Egypt's problem by divine wisdom, he solves the problem of Egypt and immediately he becomes the captain of the nation. Because, and if you read the story later on, the people get hungry and, and they lose everything and they keep coming back. To Joseph and Joseph says give me your money this time they came back to him he says bring your livestock they came back after eating give me your land and, and, and then he starts to give them tokens because he now go read the whole story because the person that you consistently run to to solve your problem 
stop running to your benefits to solve your lack problem. Your benefits will begin to exercise dominion over you. They will keep you small. Now, thank God for the benefit system. Enjoy it. Use it. It is for us. But you are greater. You are, you are not meant to be kept down. Your next level is waiting for you. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, your next level is waiting for you. May the Lord anoint you to do old things in new ways. May the Lord anoint you to find a new way out of your dilemma. I declare in the name of Jesus, may the Lord release the spirit of wisdom. Lord, I pray for every single person in here, in this congregation, under the sound of my voice, that same spirit of wisdom that you released unto Bezalel, O God, in Exodus chapter 35. Lord, release that spirit over your people, that in all of our workplaces, in every problem that we face, in the things that we see in society, that Heavenly Father, there will be an, uh, just an execution that is in line with what only you can do. Teach us to do spreadsheets in the way that you can. Teach us, Lord, to be able to, to, be able to deal with our husbands and our wives in the way that you would. Teach us, Lord, to, to, to look at every problem like you look at them. We receive that ability, that creative ability on the inside of us. We receive that. Come on, why don't you open your own mouth and declare in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for wisdom. Give me wisdom for my situation. Come on, ask the Lord right now. Ask the Lord, because if this moment goes, I don't have any guarantees that you're going to take time out to ask him to give you wisdom. May the Lord give you wisdom to know what to do when you don't know what to do. May he give you wisdom to start that business, wisdom to take it to the next level, wisdom for your teenager, wisdom for your husband, wisdom for your wife, wisdom for your family members, wisdom to know how to navigate this season. All you need is the ability to have creative ideas on how to break out of this level. And the Lord, we, Lord, we are asking for wisdom. You have asked us to call out to you. Give us wisdom. Give us wisdom. Give us wisdom. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that wisdom and the, the, the wise decisions we will make on this level will be our gateway to greater. Come on, lift your hands up. Let's make a confession. See, I declare, I have the wisdom of God. I declare that every problem I face, God equips me with creative ability to solve this problem. I declare I have the wisdom of God. Christ has become for me wisdom. When I don't know what to do, I will ask him. I will wait because he will show me what to do. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom. We give you praise. Thank you for what you have started to do in us. Thank you, Lord. We are called to greater. We accept that call. And we accept the wisdom that you have released into us. We love you, Lord. Glory and honor. Power and dominion belong to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, one more time. Give the Lord a hand of praise. The Lord will give you wisdom. If you need an envelope, let's come before God with our giving. Let's bring our best gifts before God this, this, this morning. If you need an envelope, just lift your hands up. 
Hallelujah. Just lift your hands up where you are. Wisdom cries out in the street corners. 